everybody, and welcome back to GameSpot After Dark, your weekly video game podcast brought to you by the fine folks here at GameSpot, episode number 96. Oh, we're getting so close to that. 100. 100. Very excited for that. It's going to, that's what, that's like four weeks from now? That'll be... Post, post E3. E3. Post, yeah, post E3. Okay, cool, cool. We'll all be very tired. It'll be very sleepy. Hundred, well, hundred episodes. Uh, we'll, you know it. what? We'll, we'll we'll bring in like all four people on that episode. Will not be Gamespot people. We'll have Jake, Callie, um, Peter, fucking uh, Peter, and uh, Daniel Dwyer. I don't know. <laughs> That'll be episode one hundred. Because right, none of us right. will want to come in and record. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good idea. Uh, I'm joined, uh, as I'm sure you've heard, by the wonderful Michael Hyam. What it do, baby? Uh, Jordan Ramey. What up, what up? And Ben Jenka. Hello there. We got a, uh excellent show for you. As I'm sure you guys have all been uh, seeing, uh, E3, it's popping. Things are happening. Uh, moves are being made. Shows are being announced. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that in topics. But uh, first up, we're going to talk about uh, what we've been playing. Uh, Michael, you got, you got something new to talk about. I do. Uh, it's in the name, too. Um, I previewed this the week before, but I am allowed to talk about it now, um, at least on Thursday. This podcast goes up on a Friday, right? Yes. Right? Yes, it does. Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. You're good. <laughs> that, means, that means I could talk about Neo, The World Ends With You, Ooh. the follow-up to The World Ends With You. Finally. It's been what? 16 14 years? Year, 14 years. <laughs> 14 years. Uh, that is, that is a, a wild little action RPG that came out on the DS. Uh, that was pretty dope because it used touch controls in really, really fascinating ways mm-hmm. and had like this wild, youthful Kingdom Hearts modern day art style to it. And like all the characters are, like super edgy. So this is the follow up. This is the new one. And I played it and it's pretty fucking cool. Hell yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Like all right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stoked. I, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I love the original it. World Ends With You. It was like yeah. uh, one of my favorite DS games at the time. and It was cool. Uh, I was like, when they make it a sequel, when they make it a sequel. And then like I gave up on that long ago. So I'm like kind of shocked <laughs> that they're actually doing it. And I'm even more shocked to hear like, ah, it's, it's pretty good. It's really cool. Yeah. Cool. yeah. It's uh, it's not, I don't, I wouldn't say it's as kind of uh, captivating as the original because I think the touch controls were such a big deal for that game. Oh yeah. Um, obviously, you can't do that now with um, with traditional consoles and all that. But um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it plays like an action RPG. So uh, gameplay wise, instead of using touch and controls, it's it's more of like a uh, a traditional third person kind of action style RPG where. Um, each character in your party. So you control multiple characters in a party and each one equip, equips a pin. Uh, and if you played World Ends With You before, you know what pins are. And the, you uh, those are different attacks that they carry. So And you collect a lot of fucking pins in this game. Like I only played about two hour demo and I collected like 30 different pins. So basically the, the combat is mixing and matching all of these different attacks and leveling them up. And then they evolve and they change. They get stronger. Um... And yeah, and each character kind of um, you, each character kind of specialize. Or I wouldn't, I don't know how how deep it goes, but it feels like each character kind of specializes in a certain type of pin. Mm-hmm. So there's different. There's like charge attacks. There's uh, hold hold this shit to charge it up and do some other shit. And there's all like regular repeating attacks. There's range attacks. There's all kinds of different attacks that are attached to each pin. 
So that's fascinating. That's really fun. And I hope that it, it continues to evolve throughout the game. Of course, with a intro two hour demo is me trying to figure out how all this stuff works. Uh, and I hope that appeal kind of carries on throughout the game. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a lot of fun. And I think it's it's a great um, I don't want to say replacement, but in lieu of touch controls, I think this is a cool way to kind of still have that same spirit of what the original game did mm. uh, really well, but in a traditional style. And I think like story wise and sort of the atmosphere of the world ends with you is very much intact. It is, uh, it is pretty, it is a lot like what you would remember from it. It's youthful, it's edgy, uh, it's, um, it's kind of wacky and lots of belts and zippers, you know, the vibes. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. It's got that, it's got that, it's got that vibe that Tetsuya, Tetsuya Nomura vibe is right then and there. And I, uh, I interviewed, uh, the many members of the team last month about this game and I talked about the character designs a lot and Nomura actually worked on only a few of them and mm. then had other people kind of, all right, you create what you think the characters of this this world is, are supposed to look like. And of course they have to work within the template of what the series is. Um, but I think it's I think it's really cool. It's really expressive. It's very different from what you uh, get from other games. So I think that's, I think it's a lot of fun. I think this game is like super cheesy, uh, but in a, in a good way. I, it it kind of sometimes it comes across as adults trying to write what they think youth youths <laughs> talk like, <laughs> and uh, and I, I that's how it comes across, and I I think it's fine. It doesn't it's not grating. It's it like I said, it's it's cheesy, but it's kind of endearing in a way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's not like off base or cringy. I I don't think maybe some people will think it's cringy, but I I thought it was a lot of fun. Like oh, it's kind of goofy. Um, and you know, the, if y'all play the original game, you know, the Reapers game, they out there. You, are you dead? Are you not dead? Are you trying to stay alive? <laughs> Which team is like the different teams in the Reapers game? Like, yo, I'm trying to live too, bro. Why isn't anyone, why is everyone like passing through me? Yo, and we're in uh, Shibuya and we're going to get curry and shit, but we're dead. I don't know. I, I was going to need to eat. I was going to ask how like Shibuya is. Cause that was a, that was a big element of the first game that it like really drew me to it was how much it was like steeped in like the, the culture of like uh, Shibuya and like, you know, you go to different areas and yeah, like you said, like, oh, I'm going to hop over to this curry shop and buy their special curry pin uh, or like stuff like yeah. that. So like, it does like, how's that translate in this one? Like, does it still? It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's, de it's definitely still got that vibe as well. Hell yeah. There's different districts within Shibuya that you uh, go to and from uh, throughout the game. And, the it's it's kind of it's fun just like going in and around seeing how how the world is designed the things that you do in the overworld are a little little basic i guess it's mm -hmm. like hey find these uh graffiti skulls in the four corners of this area it's like okay cool and then use your your vision sense to see which person in the crowd you need to talk to and then you do that um it's cool though like it's just it's just it's very pleasant to be out and about there so i don't necessarily expect great depth out of that that aspect of the game uh, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool character designs there's a lot of cool characters i think each one has like their own flair they they're kind of fall into their certain tropes or whatever but uh it's a ton of fun i think it's uh yeah lighthearted, goofy lots of fun uh but yeah i want to play i was like when i finished that demo i was like yo i want to keep playing them this shit is dope <laughs> um and like the story's like kind of um uh, 
well, how do you say it? It's uh, mysterious. You don't really know what's going on. What are, who are the Reapers? What is this Reapers game? Um, is everyone who doesn't win the Reapers game, are they, they're going to die? And then all these shady ass motherfuckers different, on different teams. And I don't know. It's cool. Keep your eyes peeled. It's coming out in July on Switch, PlayStation, PC. Well, afterwards, I don't think it's coming to Xbox. I'm not sure. Mm. I think. Wow. I, I'm not see sure. It. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually I, I wrote the interview preview, and I should I should know that off the top of my head, but I don't. So, uh, my bad. Uh, I just don't expect you know weeb games to come to Xbox, even though three years ago I declared Xbox anime. That is one of my favorite moments of E3, is when I declared that Xbox was anime. Um, so yeah, check that out. It's cool. It's it seems like it's gonna be a cool game. That's a Nomura joint out of Square Enix. You know the fucking vibes. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. I also see you've been uh, continuing your anime train. The anime train, that shit got no breaks, bro. <laughs> God damn. Jordan, you know what's up. Hell um, yeah. Have you, Jordan, have you watched uh, Madoka Magica? Why are you watching it, Michael? <laughs> Get out. Get out while you still I, can. I watch, so there's 12 episodes in it, and I finished uh, episode 11 last night. Ah, Jesus um, And I haven't finished the last episode yet. Uh uh, but yeah, I've been watching with my girl, and like, we are f- fucking into it, yo. We are <laughs> that, so into it, yeah. That anime is so tragic, like it, it is, yeah. And like, you know, do I you mean, like being the, sad, Michael? Have you played Near Replicant? Well, have you say, finished that's the, kind of Michael's whole deals being sad? Jordan, have, <laughs> Jordan has been playing Near Replicant. I don't know if he's finished it. I haven't, um, but yeah, yeah. Now that you say yeah, that, God that is it. also a pretty sad game. <laughs> yeah, it's like yo, like Jean Luc said, like yo, this is my jam. Like I need something to hurt me. Uh, I'm an emotional masochist at this point. Uh, that's all I do. Um, otherwise, I feel nothing. Uh, and Madoka Magica is f- like, well, it's magical girls, but a subversion of it. It's fucking dark. Yeah. And, it, and like your first impression is it's super cutesy. Oh, my gosh. It's like little high school girls mm. who uh, have superpowers. And like first or second episodes like, no, motherfucker, this shit is wild. They go into like other realms. It's like super surrealist. It's psychological horror. It's fucking dark. There's motherfuckers die straight up and they never find their bodies again. And they're forgotten in time and all this other shit. It's it is. It is so wild. Oh my god. God damn. Um, it, huh. It's so fascinating that uh, because the like the magical girl aesthetic and the tropes of magical girl are like flipped on its head in such a such a strong way. It doesn't it doesn't like play around with it. It's like it goes from zero to one hundred real quick, and I like that about it. And I think the the feeling that I got from it was similar to watching Evangelion. Um, in the same sense of that like existential crisis uh maybe not as detailed or as deep as evangelion because evangelion is obviously 26 episodes long and they really get into some shit in that series of course if y'all are familiar um monaco magica does get into that stuff just not as it doesn't feel as personal but still like Mm. it really touches on those similar themes and God there's just it. so much suffering in that anime just like I mean, that's that's life, outright though. suffering <laughs> yeah, well it's only 12 episodes you know at least you don't have to watch 26 episodes of suffering like you do with evangelion um but yeah it's uh i would i would highly suggest it to anyone who's into that sort of thing who, uh, <laughs> suffering so yeah suffering, yeah. If you're, you're yeah. suffering sign so. me up yeah. take me in i'm ready <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and yeah, it, it it does hit those same notes as kind of like a near or uh, yeah, like I said, an Evangelion. But uh, yeah, it's only twelve episodes, so uh, if you're into that sort of thing, I definitely uh, recommend checking out because I we went through about eight episodes in one night. Like it's it's a it's a quick watch. Each episode's like only like twenty five minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like it it has a lot of momentum, so it doesn't it doesn't waste time. Uh, and I think that's why we wanted to like get through the episodes. It's like, oh shit, I want to know what happens next, what happens next. Uh, so it's really good about using up uh, its time. So definitely check that out. Uh, watching on Netflix, you can watch on. I think it's on everything pretty much. Uh, but I highly recommend that. You know what I'm saying for all you sad people out there. Hell yeah! All right, yeah, let's man. move over to Jordan. You've been playing a little Knockout City. Oh my god, Knockout City! So. Good. It's so good. Has it's anyone good. else here been playing I, Knockout I, City? I've been playing it the last two two nights with uh, Jake. Oh my I'm, God. I'm yes. very familiar with Knockout City, yes. I love it so much. It's it's I think it's the first game that I've played this year that like after playing it for a few hours, I'm like, oh, this is definitely probably gonna be in my top ten list at the oh, hell end yeah. of the year. There are other games that I'm like, oh, these are really good, but I'm going to hold off to see what we might see in the post E3 world of 2021. But Knockout City, man, it's it's got those like it's got those Rocket League vibes where it's like super easy to pick up. You immediately mm-hmm. know what you have to do as soon as you pick up the game. But there's such like a high skill ceiling that you're like, oh, just one more game. I got a little better. Oh, one more game. I got a little better. One more game. I got a little better. And the next yeah. thing you know, it's like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, this is so good. Like, ugh. and it's great if you have someone else to play with so that you can actually like get off some really sweet oh, like dude. passes around corners and stuff like that when you God. when you are like in sync like me and jake were like playing and we're like okay we got to practice like our passes and stuff and we had this like moment where like he it was like uh matt was like distracting a guy and like threw a ball and then like he was looking at jake and then like jake like passed it up to me as i was like gliding above his head and then i like just like slammed it into the dude's face and we just it was like Fuck. Like it it's just that Pacific it, Rim shit. Y'all are yeah. just compatible. You're yeah, yeah, in yeah. the zone. Like <laughs> we're just like in sync and you're like, oh, this is so fucking good. And like, oh man. Um I don't know about you though. Have you have you been having issues where like the the matchmaking seems like off? Where like we've been having a problem where like some matches were like, okay, this feels like pretty good. And other matches, we just get paired up with like people way above our skill level and get absolutely steamrolled and i'm not sure if that's because um we're in like a group of three so it's like matchmaking us with other people that are also in like a full party and like that's why or i don't know if you've had maybe i i I think like once or twice when i was playing i was like oh these three that we're up against they're clearly like in a party and they're much better than i am at this game this is bullshit like Mm. the match was like three to ten both times this is stupid this game is stupid but on the (laughs) other hand like i've also had like just as many games where like i've won like 10 to 3 or 10 to 4 and i'm like okay so the game is sometimes putting me up against people where I'm like, man, I was just decimated. But at the same time, it's giving me opportunities to be like, ha, I'm so godly <laughs> at this game. So I'm not too disappointed with the matchmaking. I yeah. haven't even tried uh, jumping into ranked, though. So I can't even 
speak to that. I don't know if ranked is more balanced, if it's not balanced at yeah. all. I've just been playing the default 3v3 uh, team deathmatch, I guess, for yeah. lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't tried rank either. I only, we just unlocked it last night. We did like one match and then we got our mm -hmm. asses kicked and we're like, all right, well, time for bed. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Tam was talking about a lot about it uh, last episode and he was talking about all the different detailed, like the the types of things you can do with uh, with the ball and uh, a lot of the teamwork elements. So it, it it it's really well thought out. And yeah. when I when I was out in New York and I saw I was chilling with uh, Jesse Vitelli from Prima Games and Moises Tavares from uh, where's he at now? Pace. Those are my boys uh, out in Brooklyn. We was uh, I was watching them play Knockout City and that shit looked fucking dope. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it it just it has like that colorful inviting vibe but then the more you play it the more you kind of unravel its depths and yeah when you get into competitive matches like yo this is dead ass serious and i i really like i think i talked about this before is that i really like competitive um shooter like games that aren't violent not because i'm a pacifist or anything like that it's just like you know people can get creative rather than like yeah picking up guns and shooting motherfuckers in their head like <laughs> I mean, I, I does that. I, I, I be clicking heads, you know what I'm saying? I grew up clicking heads. Uh, but it, it's it's really nice to see uh, something get creative with mm. that sort of thing. And, like, you, you can. Like, with dodgeballs, you can do cool stuff like curve them around and, like, catch the ball and throw it back. And then you, like, build momentum. And then you have teammates doing AOE attacks on on other enemies. And then you fucking hit them in the face with, a, with balls. Like, yo, that's... Sign me up, man. Yeah. This should I have dope. no idea who it is, and I feel kind of bad. I should have looked up beforehand. But whoever the sound designer is for Knockout City, like all the raises, all the awards, like the sound, like that a person makes when you hit them with a dodgeball, is like one of the most satisfying, like little point like sound effects oh, that I've ever there's heard. Something, like, uh, there's something so <laughs> unique about the specific sound of dodgeball. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like, got to be something. like that plunk. Yeah. <laughs> so good uh well awesome uh so jordan you've also been i'm checking the sheet because i have too many tabs open <laughs> stonefly stonefly, stonefly. <laughs> yo shouts out to belinda garcia that's my girl yo i'm about to say she man she's a talented writer i had no idea she had worked on like stonefly and like a little bit of creature in the well until she had already left to go she's at sledgehammer now right doing yeah. call of duty shit yeah, uh, yep, I think so. That's dope. But yeah, uh, Stonefly is awesome. It's like the chill game that I turn to after I have like a few frustrating matches of Knockout City or like I'm getting to a spooky part in like Returnal or Resident Evil or something like that. I need a break. It's just like this really nice kind of relaxing game that has this really awesome soundtrack because you're you're just playing as this uh little girl who's an inventor and everyone in this world is like super super tiny so they have to pilot mechs in order to survive Aww. the very dangerous bugs that are out there as you go out and collect resources to upgrade your mech with uh greater weapons and stuff like that and i'm like this is this is totally my shit this tiny is totally mechs. my jam like <laughs> And Aww. she, like, every day she, like, Little comes mess. home and she's like, all right, let me, like, reflect on the day's events and let me uh, grow as a person as I learn more about personal responsibility and things like that. And I'm like, oh, it's a coming of age story. This is everything that I love in the world <laughs> just packaged into one game. 
I love it a lot. I, I'm, I'm not anywhere close to being done with it. I'm one of those people that I'm like, because as you play the game, Annika has these ideas where like, if you jump a lot, she's like, oh, the propulsion on this mech is kind of wacky. I have this idea that I can like add this to make the mech jump higher and stay in the air longer. Or if you're choosing to fight uh, enemies and you're using the stun a lot, she's like, ah, the stun's kind of weak. I bet I can like craft a better one. I'm like at the point where like I have a bunch of upgrades now in my queue. And I'm like, I could keep going through the story or I could keep doing these like optional patrols and stuff like that and collect a bunch of resources and just outfit the coolest fucking mech ever. And I'm just I'm like, I I need I need to make the mech better. I need to <laughs> make it so much better. I'm probably playing it wrong. I should probably be doing the story, but I I like the customization aspect of it. Hell yeah. Uh, I definitely want to check that out. I've been seeing a couple of people talking about that on Twitter. Uh, I think like Lena Rain was like playing it and like yeah. taking screenshots. And I was just like, this game looks adorable. What is this? And now hearing you describe it, I'm like, okay, this is like 100% my shit. Like little yeah. tiny Max, let's go. Uh, I have to play it because uh, Belinda's going to get mad at me if I don't. <laughs> I owe it to her. And I think that's, that's a lovely thing to play. Oh, my friend worked on this game. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Hell yeah. That is cool, uh, Ben. Yo, tell me about tell me about Nier. Uh, it's a sad game that everyone's talked about a lot, but uh, <laughs> that is true. I I don't know. It, it's a game that I'm kind of bouncing between uh, Ziv and, and that all the time. So mm -hmm. I, I'm really taking my time with it this time around because I, I never finished my original playthrough, and uh, it took me 15 hours before I even hit the point where you grow up. Uh, Some. I'm really slow rolling it and I need to like find a way to not do all the side quests. Um, you need, yeah, I mean, yeah, side quests are hit or miss, mostly miss, man. Yeah. I mean, but I'm also like, I need to do all flipping nine levels of the fishing quest before I go anywhere else. I'm right else. there with you, Ben. I'm right there with <laughs> that's, you. That's what's oh, been no. making me go so slow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like that fishing stuff. Awful. Horrible. Terrible. Can't stop doing but it. But I gotta do it. Uh, there's this part of me that's like, I need to prove to myself that I remember like what bait I need to use and stuff, like from when I did it a long time ago. But like, I, I, I finally decided like this weekend, like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go. I don't. I'm gonna pick up stuff if it's there. Pick up the stuff I need for for the 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 final ending. But I need to like get my stuff going, and I, I finally got like some good story progress going, and I'm feeling pretty good about that. But uh, near still very good. I like it a lot, and I'm really excited to see uh, more stuff. So I finally got to the point where I'm caught up to where my old playthrough was. That was the big thing. Oh, what was okay. the last thing that happened in uh, in your playthrough? Uh, so I got uh, it's like it's like it's a couple of points right after like the party gets together. So I'm, I'm running around grabbing all the little uh, emblem pieces. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, okay. that, that's kind of where I left off last time. I'm like, oh, no, go okay. do all this. And then other games happen, and I was young and stupid. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm back, I'm back in it now. I'm doing it. I'm grabbing the things. Uh, I'm beating things up, and I'm ready to cry. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, you are like... 40% of the way through yeah. that game. <laughs> uh, but around the time where it was my, my roommate came in and was like, oh man, you're playing near. You're like, how far are you in? I'm like, I've been playing for 15 hours. And he's like, 
oh, so have you done all this? And I'm like, I'm not even grown up yet. Please. Stop. <laughs> Please. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but between between that, I, I've, been, I've been doing a lot, a lot of Final Fantasy XIV, because I always do. Uh, still riding off of the high of Fan Fest. Still, oh, yeah. Still feeling it. Still watching that trailer almost daily. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, the 5.5 update came out like a week ago, which had the end of the Shadowbringer story in it. I'm not going to talk about what happens in it because spoilers and stuff, but I think they did a good job kind of kind of wrapping stuff up and sending it off for the next expansion, and I'm into it. Uh, but they, they did like a really cool solo scenario thing. Uh, oh, I love those. Yeah, uh, this one—it's kind of like a like a like a culmination of everything that they've done before, done like in a really big way. Uh, so that was neat to see. Uh, <laughs> showing off new characters, uh, we got to got to meet some some bad dads, and uh, yeah, uh, that and a whole bunch of cool side stuff tied to Final Fantasy or Final Fantasy twelve, which has got me real excited. Uh, got to see some yeah, it does. really rad cameos in there. Uh, Oh shit! Is uh, the Baja Baja stuff? Yeah, yeah they uh, they they have uh, a character that has shown up before come back uh, from Final Fantasy XII. Uh, the I haven't done the the new instance dungeon in it yet or raid or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, I'm working on getting that really cool two person bike that uh, Fran and Balthier ride around <laughs> on, and I want it real bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of my my experience and just doing the usual raid stuff. Almost done with the Eden raid set still, but you know. oh, because you're doing the savage. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? I thought you did uh, E12s already. So we're still working on E12s. Oh we're, shit! We're, damn. We're at the end of like the the first part of the fight. Uh, yeah, but we'll we'll get we'll we'll get it like Thursday. I bet. Okay. This Can is you... like giving me mad flashbacks to moments when like Ben would sit behind me in the office and <laughs> since Michael sits in front of me, they would start talking about Final Fantasy fourteen in like a way where they're like talking where I'm like in the middle of the conversation. I'm like, these motherfuckers are trying to be purposely confusing so that I have to actually play the game. <laughs> I mean we're using we're using about. coded language. <laughs> trying try to give you just enough to get you interested, but not enough to like let you know exactly what's going on. I'm like, hmm, I'm intrigued by what they're saying, but I would have to invest a little bit more in order to fully comprehend hey, this it's language. Like, hey, hey dog, did you get through did you get through phase two of A twelve oh, you know, when yeah, the yeah. AoE hits when and then the healer has to has to limit break, you know what I'm Yo, saying? But, and then the tank has you have to go off tank and you have to switch with the main tank. See, you see, I understood half of those words. I like, I understood yeah, just you're interested, enough. Huh? I do. Like, yeah, you're like, oh shit, I could be main. I do tank. like that. Oh. That's like a legitimate thing that you could literally be like, hey, yo, you remember that that phase change in Shiva when the, the AOE and hits, you know and it. you're like, oh hell yeah, I do. <laughs> and then, and like, you laugh. Masayoshi Soken kick, kicks yeah. up the distortion yeah, and the, on the guitars. Yo. Oh god, it's. Can you can you uh, guide me through Baja? I still have a Dude, lot to do. I am down to take you through. I'll show you so many cool things. We're gonna be the robots. You, me, and seventy other Heck people. Yeah, I'm in. But uh, but yeah. Uh, also worth mentioning, uh, if you like Jordan, are curious, this free trial up to the award-winning Heaven Sword expansion, um, level sixty. Yep, up to level sixty. All yep, that. Yep, yep. <coughs> you know the vibes. Yeah, that's me. 
I'm not sorry. I no, I can't don't go, be sorry. I can't go ten posts on Twitter without seeing someone being like, "Hey, by the way, Final Fantasy XIV is going to free trial." I'm like, no, I know it does. I think that one uh, of us, one of us. That might that might have to be the name of this episode. Uh, if, uh, just put the whole the whole many characters in. in. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess I should talk about uh, what I've been playing, which is, well, uh, I've been playing a big thing that I can't talk about until next week, unfortunately. Um, so stay tuned for that little little teaser. Um, oh. But I have been playing Destiny 2 because I guess that's my Final Fantasy XIV. Um, they have been so Destiny has been adding. Uh, they added the Vault of Glass, which is the raid from the original Destiny. It was the first raid. Um, they put it back in the game. Um, I want to say like two weeks ago. Uh, so I've been like running that every week with the crew, with uh, David Amati, uh, Phil Hornshaw, a um, bunch of those guys, uh, and that's been like a ton of fun. Just like redoing that old raid. Man, we got our okay. So we were all like Saturday morning. We're like. <laughs> All right, man. We're gonna we're gonna knock this shit out easy. We played Destiny one. We know how this raid works. Uh, we stopped at ten p.m. and we did and we didn't Christ. and we didn't finish Are you, it. You talking about that, that first day? <laughs> yeah, we talked about that first day I, because I got to sit there and watch ooh. watch Spencer do that the whole time. I'm like, yes. dude, are you still Destiny raid? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Spencer was uh, Spencer was raiding with us, uh, which was a ton of fun. Spencer's great. Um, had a really good time raiding with him. But God, God damn. Did they like change it or something? Is so, that why? Or well, so they did actually, which is cool. Uh, they did actually make some changes, which is really nice. So um, it, it's mostly the same, but they they've they've tweaked a couple of things to kind of uh, work better with sort of like the mechanics of uh, other like Vex raids, uh, like the the garden of salvation raid that they have in destiny 2 so kind of like aligns with that. Uh, a big thing that they changed, for example, is there are. Uh, oracles in the original raid which are basically these like little glowing lights that you would have to shoot and you would have to uh shoot them really really quick or they would just like instantly kill everyone uh and they would take like a lot of damage so they changed it now where they have significantly less damage but now they play in a specific order that you have to remember so everyone has to like be like, okay, my job is to watch for this oracle to pop up here, and then you have to like count down. So everyone's like, I got one, I got two. So uh, it just made it infinitely more complex. Uh, but once you get the hang of it, I mean, like, you know, you get it on lock, and then it's like, okay, we all know what we're doing. And uh, so, like, tweaks like that kind of like make the raid uh, felt fresh. What actually made it difficult, though, is that uh, for day one, they have a thing all on called contest mode, where they essentially, um, like lock your equipment down to like a certain level and uh by the end of that raid your your locked equipment is like 20 levels lower than all the enemies and like the boss so you're really 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 uh soft and it takes a lot of damage to to hit the enemy um to like kill the boss atheon and that's basically like kind of where we got tripped up was just you know you're we just couldn't get the damage done because um, because you got to be like so on point and it's like okay we have to have these very specific weapons we got to like everyone's got to get this specific build and you know 10 p.m rolls around you're all tired and we just were like all right let's let's give up and then we literally like <laughs> the next up. morning did the run back where it's like contest mode is off and we beat it in like 10 minutes it was like a joke it was like it was like first try just like all right contest mode's off this shit's easy i'm killing these harpies in like one shot like like nothing so uh 
yeah, we did that. That was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, uh, the the big thing with Destiny that I've been really loving is actually uh, the story because they've been going, it's, guys, guys, Destiny story. They got a story. It's good now. What they have a story hey, now. Do you do you know what just came through in the emails through QA? Uh, is it Phil Hornshaw's <laughs> Hey Destiny Story's pretty <laughs> is good he talking about op-ed? Destiny again? Yep. He was telling yep. me about it last night. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, I mean. Like, I'm not going to lie, like, Des- Destiny's never had a good story. Like, I mean, all the way back in Destiny 1, everyone's like, dude, Destiny's story's good. You got to go read the Grimoire cards on Bungie.net. And it's like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And then, like, Destiny 2 is like, okay, we got a little more story now. And now the Grimoire cards are, like, a menu in the game. So that's better. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah. And that stuff is pretty good. It's well written. But... You know, you're still like, ah, like this isn't really like you you could see the skeleton of like a good story, but like they're just they need to present it like up front for the player. Like where where's the like immediate investment, you know? Like I'm not gonna sit there and, and be like, dude, like I want I wanna read twenty pages about like the, the fall of the Elixney civilization and you're like, ah man, that's pretty cool, but like I, I don't know. I came to shoot shit. Uh and like why don't you tell me that story while I'm shooting stuff? So that is <laughs> <laughs> kind of where they have finally gotten to a point is where they have they basically spent the last year up like slowly like building this roster of like characters um, that are like pretty interesting and like setting them up. And the current seasonal model they're using feels like they have they have nailed the formula. They have like figured out how to do it. So uh, basically what you get is like every season they've done it for the so the current season is called season of the splicer and the the last season was season of the chosen is where they started this format is Every week you'll you'll come in and there'll be a a new story quest where there's like a big event happening. So for for this season, the big event is that the uh, the last human city has fallen under like an eternal darkness uh, uh, by a, a cursed vex simulation, which sounds like a lot of jumbo nonsense words. But when you play Destiny, you're like, oh yeah yeah yeah, that, I, I I know what I know that what that is. is. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, they would do that shit. Um, <laughs> Classic. So. Uh, They'll have this setup of like, okay, here's the problem of the season. We gotta, we gotta get rid of this eternal night. And then they'll say, here are the characters from our big pool of characters that are going to be involved in solving this problem. And then each weekly story quest involves you talking to those characters, getting your quest. You'll go and you'll do the big seasonal activity. And as you're doing the seasonal activity, um, you get dialogue throughout from not only uh, from those characters and what they've kind of finally nailed is that uh, not only are you now getting these characters like they're actually commentating on what's happening, but they're also interacting with each other. And they're really starting to get into sort of like these uh, back and forth ideas of like ideology and uh, sort of like the the different factions and how people feel about each other. So like a big thing this season is there is a... Uh, there's a character in Destiny called Saint-14, who I would describe as the Master Chief of the Destiny universe. He is like this ancient thousand-year-old like Russian guardian who's just like this beefy-ass tank who's known for like, uh, he's killed like thousands of fallen and he's like this, you know, hero uh, that like the guardians love. And there was this whole thing last year where he like was dead and you brought him back to life with time travel. It was like a whole thing. Yeah, that's what the time travel thing was. <laughs> I remember there, Phil being really excited about that. There's been multiple that. time travel things, but uh, that was probably the that was the big one. Yeah, that was uh, last year. Um, 
So he's kind of back in the story now, which is really cool. Um, and the other half of it is there is this character called Mithrax, who is a uh, fallen. Um, the the race is called the Lixney, and he is like a good fallen. He's he's essentially like, uh, hey, I think we should work with the Guardians. Like all this fighting is not good for us. So he started this new house called the House of Light, um, and he's like, hey, I want to be friends with y'all. And so uh, the Guardians have said, okay. We're going to welcome you into the last city, give you refuge. Uh, also, do you want to help us like solve this problem with the infinite night? And so while that's going on, you have all of this like political back and forth strife where you got the humans in the last city, don't trust the fallen and they want them out of there. You have this one character uh, called Lakshmi, who's essentially this uh, political figurehead who um, is trying to sort of like rile up the citizens to like uh like cause violence and like attack the elixni she's like sending out messages that you can hear where, where she's uh it's like a, it, it, it's kind of invoking a lot of like the same uh the same kind of stuff you you get in the real world where you know they're, they're trying to be like oh you know like we can't trust these guys you know what you remember remember when they did yeah. this to us like they're pulling that kind of shit there and it's like but you also are like but she is definitely up to some like shady shit because like She's clearly trying to, like, use this as, like, a cover to, like, form a coup and, like, take over the Vanguard, which is, like, the Guardian's um, leadership. So she's got her own agenda. Damn, she's a wild MAGA, MAGA nerd. Yeah, yeah. And you then hate, You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the, the Guardians are like, okay, let's have Saint work with Mithrax to solve this problem because Saint, he's kind of... He's he's known for for hating the fallen. So if he works with Mithrax, that kind of shows everybody, hey, like these fallen are cool. Like, look, Saint's working with them. But of course, Saint, you know, he's got his own biases and he don't trust them. And then they just had like a really good uh, cutscene this week where uh, Mithrax explains sort of a like the backstory of the fallen and how uh, their whole deal was basically their their uh, planet. Uh, they had to like was like destroyed and they had to abandon it and they were like chasing the traveler you know the big giant orb um and when they tried to find him they were met by this inhuman guardian monster who just slaughtered them by the thousands and that was saint so you get their perspective where they're like you see saint as a hero but we see him as just like this unstoppable killing machine and we're terrified of him and so you're getting all of this like they're they're finally doing the thing where it's like you know in destiny one it's like hey that's the enemy you just shoot them like humans are good aliens are bad and now they're like let's actually dive into like the different uh you know motivations of each faction everything's you know it's no longer black and white it's all very gray now and like you get a lot of like really good dialogue where like as you're doing the shooting, you will get like Saint talking about how he feels about a perspective, but then you get Mithrax countering that with how he feels about it. And so they're they're doing this really good job, just like seeding uh, each character's perspective in this conflict and like setting up larger conflicts. And, and it, it feels like they're finally like, the world of destiny has been fleshed out beyond just words in a in a lore codec you know like in the lore entry like these are characters and they're reacting to these situations and they're talking about it so uh i'm loving it i think it's like super <laughs> exciting and uh 
and it's continually evolving with each season. It, yeah, yeah. So it's like I said, each season has its own threat, its own story. Um, and, and, and also within that, um, they also are seeding it to the like next big expansions. Like the next big expansion is called uh, Witch Queen. And it's about this big threat uh, who's been in the Destiny universe forever called Savathun, who uh, sort of is like, uh, her whole thing is like deception and lies. And she kind of like turns people against each other. So you can also they're kind of seeding throughout that like hey maybe this whole like infinite darkness thing is like something that she set up to try and turn the people of the city against each other and kind of so discontent among others so that we're like weakened when she comes in and like attacks so uh yeah a lot of like each each season you'll have it your own self-contained story but then they're also seeding it to the larger like bigger expansion that you get uh so it is in my opinion, like, I mean, Destiny, you know, it, it gets a lot of shit for a lot of different aspects. And, you know, I think some of that's, that's <gasps> deserved. I also think some of that is just, I don't know, people kind of complaining because uh, they're looking for a reason to complain. Uh, I don't want to get too into that. But I think from a story perspective, like, I think Destiny is like, it has never been better. And it's like, it just feels like it is getting better and better each time. Like that writing team has like finally figured it out. And I'm like super excited about it. I really think that that type of storytelling is really cool i i really wonder though like what the future is going to be like this past like console generation we finally got like a huge push on like the whole games as a service model where we all these multiplayer games were like continuously expanding with all this new gameplay content and in like the past few years we've really had a lot of people be like oh this is an incredible avenue for storytelling it's basically like a, a comic book like you have apex you have overwatch uh siege to like an extent where it's like through each season you can kind of like update your game with new storylines and mm -hmm. new content introduce new characters and at the end of the season that almost kind of like gets not erased from the game but like new stuff happens that people now have to catch up on and get to i'm like there's no way this model is feasible in the future. Like, there's a lot of people I know who they just can't really get into Apex because Apex story is, like, so far now that, like, all the early storytelling stuff just isn't in the game anymore. So you'd have to, like, go yeah. on YouTube and, like, look up, like, someone who's like, oh, I'm a lore master. Subscribe <laughs> to the channel and I'm going to, like, keep you updated on all the Apex stuff. And I'm like... One of the biggest things keeping me from, like, actually getting into something like Final Fantasy XIV is that I would have to play that game from the beginning to be fully caught up to the story stuff that I want to do. Hey, but it's you all there. Like it's That's a bad a good thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, it is the thing all there, is it's though, all yeah. there, but <laughs> games like this should have a way where it's like, what's ever happening in Destiny 2 right now, in Apex right now, in Final Fantasy XIV right now, in when Over Overwatch 2 comes out, whenever's happening right now, Here's a way to easily catch up on all the story that's happened so far. A hundred percent. But like, yeah. it doesn't exist because they're basically like comic books. So now we're like in this situation where it's like, oh, I've been in the game since day one. So I'm kind of like that comic book collector that's been collecting this, these issues since issue number one. I'm like, man, what is... What is the future of this going to look like? What is it going to happen when Respawn finally releases Titanfall 3? And people are like, oh, can someone catch me up on the story of Apex Legends? Like, well, the story of Apex Legends was told week by week over the course of like four and a half years. Yeah. There's a shit ton of stuff that we have to <laughs> yeah. catch you up on that's really not in the game anymore. And so, I don't know. I always listen to stuff like this in Destiny 2. I'm like, yo, 
that sounds so dope. But there's also like <laughs> so much Destiny 2 lore that I would have to catch up on in order to like fully comprehend and enjoy there's what's happening. There's literally in the story a four right hour like entire story of Destiny YouTube video. I'll just send it to <laughs> you. you. Just watch it uh, during your lunch break and cool, you're good. Cool. You're good to go. During your four, four hour, hour lunch break. break. Yeah. Four hour lunch break. And Jordan, what happened to you? Oh, John Luke said it was okay if I took a four-hour <laughs> lunch break to catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're 100% right, though. I mean, yeah, that is absolutely, like, a big problem with Destiny, uh, for sure. And, like, I... They could, they could, there's a number of ways they could try and solve it. Like, I, for starters, like, I feel like they need to have, like, a, like, a recap video that they play at, like, the beginning of each season. Like, if you're, like, all oh, hopping at the next season, they need to have, like, a previously on Destiny Ooh. where, like, give me, like, the quick and dirty <laughs> of, like, what's going on, who these characters are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I'm curious because, because Destiny's plan, they're kind of pulling, like, a Final Fantasy 14 where, um, they have a set, like, uh, their their next expansion or the the expansion after the next expansion which is called lightfall which i think is coming out in like 2022 uh or i guess it'd be 2023 now because they actually moved their expansion releases from the fall to spring um that is supposed to be the like end of the current destiny story Ooh. and then they're going to start a new destiny story afterward so like that would ideally be the like point where you would then Here's a recap. Kind of, yeah. Like, that is where you sort of, like, reshift everything. And, and maybe, like, you know, you some stuff will obviously carry over. But it's like, okay, now it's a new story. You don't need to keep up with, like, the hundreds and hundreds of hours of, like, characters and story and, and lore entries. And, and you can kind of start fresh. Uh, but yeah, or maybe I mean, I'm just overthinking it. I mean, comics survived for decades without... Uh, for sure but like, oh i haven't read the first captain america i can't possibly read yeah but i mean uh, you know it's like 731 it's like no you're you'd be totally fine there's multiple like jumping in <laughs> points but i'm like there has to be something between apex which like continuously erases the old stuff to make way for the new and final fantasy 14 where it's like everything is here so you can play all of it you won't miss anything but it's just steadily getting longer and longer right the more you wait to actually play i'm like there's got to be a solution somewhere totally. in the middle and whoever figures that out like <laughs> everyone's going to copy they have to copy it um. yeah i mean it's taken destiny <laughs> this long just to get to this point where it's like the story's actually like worth caring about um but it's like yeah it's like i can i can say all this cool stuff but it's like I know you all aren't going to like hop in because it's like, yeah, you would suddenly just be in the middle of this story without like any like guidance for like, or, you know, knowledge of what these characters are. So it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll blame anyone for like, it kind of sucks. It's like this weird catch 20 where you're like, ah, oh, the story's finally good. But also like you had to have been here the whole time to, to really <laughs> appreciate it and care. And like, ah, like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like you're that, that is definitely a thing that these, these kinds of games are going to, gonna have to figure out um all right well i think we're i sorry i like rambled about destiny <laughs> for way too fucking long um so why don't we move on to the topics Alrighty, we have uh actually some breaking news that hit during the recording of this podcast uh, it won't be breaking by the time this posts <laughs> yeah it's breaking for us um uh herman holst the uh, head of PlayStation Studios uh, put out a blog on the PlayStation blog talking about a bunch of things. And um, I mean, kind of skimming through it, trying to see uh, sort of the big the big stuff. But the the one of the big the big headlines that came out of it was that uh, the new God of War has been pushed to next year. Oh, wow. Um, 
they've decided that uh, it's going to come out next year. And also, they have confirmed that it is also going to be on PS4, um, which... Yeah, I see Jordan's like, oh, <laughs> I, I'm of two minds of this. On the one hand, it, it it's that thing where I'm like, ah, like you're you're limiting how far you can push this game by by it being on older hardware. Because it's not just like, oh, it's going to be, you know, PS4 Pro. It's like, dude, it's got to run on base PS4. It's that cyberpunk yeah. problem. Like you're just, you know, like how far can you push this stuff? But on the other hand, I also get it for, I mean, they didn't really go into detail why, but I imagine it has to somewhat do with the fact that uh, no one can buy a PS5. And I think they're like, man, we can't have all these games we're making only on this platform. You know, we, well, we have this whole other audience that still have PS4s and can't get a PS5 that want to play these games. Like we got to we got to sell that shit to them too. So, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. How does anyone see what happened to CD project red and cyberpunk 2077 and just be like, okay, halo infinite horizon forbidden West God of war Ragnarok. Despite how like big these games are that we're planning, I'm bet you we can make it still work on baseline PS4 and the god awful giant ass brick Xbox One. I'm like, that's got to add so much extra work on I, the developer end. How can it won't look good? Like it's I. I'm sure they'll make it run. I'm sure they'll make it run just fine in a way. It's like, oh, I'm playing the game, but I don't know. It feels like you're just taking away development time from the probably what will be the superior version, which is the new current generation. Mm -hmm. And well, I, I mean, I'm sure that's that <laughs> the delays are are it's probably all factored you know, in pl playing yeah. playing into that. Yeah. But also, like, yeah, it's gonna have to run on base PS4. But I mean, I don't. At least I have faith that it it wouldn't be like cyberpunk levels of me, tragedy me because. <laughs> Like this is like Sony internal. They they're the ones who can push the PS the PlayStation hardware to its absolute limits. Like they know these systems in and out. So, but I mean, of course, there is still an element of like, all right, like what what how far are these games pushing? Uh, like actually utilizing the PS Five, uh, and like maybe maybe the game comes out and it's like, yo, we got mad draw distance, and look at these motherfucking textures. Uh, ray only the PS5, yeah, and only the ray tracing. Was like, you PS5 you all were friends with Callie. You saw the base PS4 on her desk. You heard it when she tried to play. That shit was going to take like off <laughs> a year or two ago. How is it possibly going to run Horizon Forbidden West and this new God of War? How will the base PS4 possibly run it in anything that's like? acceptable <laughs> 720p 30 so wasn't, wasn't horizon 30 fps anyway yeah it, it was yeah it and it struggled it struggled <laughs> with the I, mean, yeah, it was, I, I played on base ps4 it was like the performance like the game looked great on base ps4 but the performance was uh that ain't it mm. uh i don't know it was okay but i, I mean I, these I, are I'm games about nothing it but it just no, I think I think a lot like a lot of people share that same sentiment because it's like these are the these are supposed to be the next gen first party game. So it does. I I do believe that it does create some kind of like, oh, shit, I guess uh, sort of sentiment. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the, the PS5 versions of these games are going to be what they 
have envisioned them to be from the start. Cause like they don't, I imagine like them announcing this is just like getting that out of the way and just saying it because you don't go th- through like three fourths of the way of development. Like shit, we need to make a PS4 version. Yeah. <laughs> so this has probably been planned from the start. Uh, but again, mm. like the compromises you have to make, uh, the resources you have to put into making sure a PS4 version works is of course, you know, that there's, there are compromises that need to be made uh, in order for that to work. And I don't know. I feel like the, I'm, I don't know. I feel like the, the, this game, the systems, the, the actual gameplay systems of each of these games is, I, I don't think that the, unless there's like wild dual sense integration, which there's obviously going to be a lot of dual sense mm-hmm. integration, but I don't think it's going to be like a game changer. So I think the, the way these games are going to play, the way they've always been designed to play, isn't exactly going to change. And I think that's yeah. the most concerning thing for me. Like if it had, give me 60 FPS, high resolution, and if the game looks great, runs, runs stable. That's what's up. Impress me on the gameplay front. And I think that's like, I understand why if you invest in a PS5, you're like, I want the exclusives. I want to see what this PS5 is capable of. I understand that there's some hesitancy when you hear this news, but I kind of don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's got to be one of those things. I'm like, come on, like Xbox, uh, PlayStation, like throw your customers a bone and like put some more discounts on the PS4 Pro and the xbox one x sure, at the yeah. very yeah, minimum yeah. like yeah you're make right. it a little bit more affordable for people to at least upgrade to the latest version of the past generation yeah, of consoles i would agree but i don't know it's it's gonna be one of those things that like this new god of war comes out like let's say mid 2022 and we're gonna all be playing it on ps5 and it's like yo this game is dope and then someone's going to post on YouTube. It's like, hey, by the way, this is what God of War Ragnarok looks like on baseline PS4. And we're like, why did they decide to release yeah. this? It looks yeah, terrible. It, it, you also kind of like, you bounce between the thought of, I'm glad that it's on PS4, not a PS5 exclusive. And then also, damn, if you're playing this on PS4, you're, you, you're probably, you might be getting a much lesser version of it. Like, yeah. ah, is it, is it a... Is it glass half full or glass half empty? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, dog. I, I don't know what the solution is. Like, as you said, like if you like John Luke put, if you only release the new games on PS5 and Xbox Series XS, then you're cutting off a huge part of your player base because no one can actually find those yeah. consoles. But I don't know. I'm just waiting for the PC <sighs> announcement for him. That's inevitably going to happen. Oh, That's yeah. what they got to yeah. do. They'd be like Xbox. Like, no, these yeah, games are going well, on PC. They said the. Uh, I think in part of that blog post says uh, Sony is going to be uh, continuing to support PC releases, but those won't be coming on like P- PlayStation games will continue to come out on PlayStation first and then PC later. Right. Uh, is uh, as much as I can gather from the blog post. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh yeah i don't know man also hey don't, don't forget about gran turismo 7 you know <laughs> some spicy racing boys yeah. uh that's that's me uh i love me some gran turismo but uh and also car games are always like the the graphical showcase like fours is always like microsoft's yo look at these motherfucking graphics um but i just want to like i just want to get me an r32 skyline put some turbo in that shit and go that's what i want to do so give me that on PS4 if if you must, but sure on PS5. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Uh, Nintendo this morning announced the times for 
their uh, E3 presentation. It is uh, going to be on the 15th, I believe. Uh, Sick. Nine, like we're ending this shit. <laughs> 9 a.m. Uh, yeah, really at the tail end of everything else. Uh, it is going to be a 40-minute Nintendo Direct Ooh. focusing exclusively on Nintendo Switch software, obviously. Uh <laughs> Mostly, so they're like, "Ain't no Switch Pro, motherfucker." That's just <laughs> all asses up. <laughs> Stop these rumors. <laughs> uh, uh, mostly, most of the software will be uh, released in 2021, so they're not going to talk too much about um, stuff outside of this year. And then they're going to follow it with around three hours of gameplay from Nintendo Treehouse Live. So, Ooh. prediction time. What are y'all hoping uh, for? By uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five, dude, they better. They it was supposed to be this year, right? Like, I mean, I, they they haven't said anything yeah. about when it's supposed I mean, to be. I don't, I don't trust that here's, anymore. Like, any re- here's your protagonist with really nice eyeliner, and uh, here's uh, the devil. Hell yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> and it's like shit. Yeah, protagonist with good eyeliner. That's that sure is SMT, and the devil that sure is SMT. Let's fucking go. I'm in. Yeah, uh, SMT Five and Bayonetta Three. Come on, they Ooh, gotta, I like that. They gotta, they gotta show Bayonetta three. It's been. Yeah, I haven't uh, talked about Bayonetta three in a long time. It's been they? years. They, they sure have not. So it's yeah. that Metroid Prime four and Breath of the Wild two, just like three giant games that Nintendo kind of just like what if? briefly teased and then just has refused to talk about again. Bayonetta even <laughs> more so. Bayonetta was like hell. Long that was ago. Game Awards twenty seventeen. Yeah, and then the only thing God, we got has it been that long. The only thing we got after that is or them 18? saying like. Don't worry about it. It will happen if you just don't think about it. Now Reggie's gone. He's like, ah ha ha. You thought. Uh, shit. Uh, that, yo, imagine if Nintendo came out and said, yo, here's Breath of the Wild 2 gameplay. But you, this, this ain't, this is like, this is nothing. Watch this fucking Metroid Prime 4 new splash screen. Bow, yo, Bayonetta three splash screen, yo, and then um, what else did I say? Oh, and then Shin Megami Tensei five. Here's the devil again, and like <laughs> I don't know, fucking here's a release date. Gameplay. Okay, here's a release okay. date. Yeah, it's all out it's today. Twenty twenty two. Cool. They, wow, no, don't. don't Reggie's okay. back. Shin Megami Tensei three Nocturne <clears throat> featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. Shin Megami Tensei five featuring Bayonetta from the Bayonetta series. Oh, think about it. Think about it. Damn, Only if the sticker gets put to, on the box. Yeah, that's how they transition to the Bayonetta three gameplay. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I like it. Uh, yeah, I mean that's honestly, like, yeah, you kind of summed up like those are the big ones I'm looking for. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what else. Like, I don't think they'll talk more Splatoon three because that's yeah. not that's not for uh, what was uh, that like 2022? Like, uh, yeah, uh, okay. show me a new Donkey Kong game. And show me yeah, that would be dope. Yeah. New Donkey Kong. Show me the last uh, characters for Smash, because we're way overdue for them. Uh, where are they at? Sakurai, please take time to sleep. <laughs> uh, what kind of uh, Nintendo loves showing ports, or they love doing ports? What do you think would uh, be ported? Because uh, port I, I I get excited about like port or remaster announcements I, for Switch. I do too, like, actually. That's just cool. um, <laughs> and it will will Skyward Sword already be out at that point. Or no, is that like July? Oh, we need time. Evan. <laughs> Where's Evan? Um, if they're gonna do new ports, uh, I mean, it would feel weird to uh, to just already do another Zelda port, um, like immediately after or like right around. But uh, I mean, dude, I need I need that Wind Waker. I need that Wind Waker on Switch. 
it would be kind yeah. of cool if like just it's like oh by the way skyward sword hd is like coming out and here's wind waker hd or twilight oh. princess hd <laughs> like also coming wind to waker. switch <laughs> i love wind waker wind waker is still the best zelda to me yeah it's twilight yeah. princess but that's a fair opinion yeah. to have michael <laughs> all right okay all right damn jordan with the opinions though. god damn uh, Speaking of ports, I would really love Nintendo to finally start porting some uh, some of their 3DS games over to Switch, maybe. So like, uh, yo, Samus Returns. Samus Returns. That's a big one because like they put that out as like the the very tail end of the DS, the, the 3DS, 3DS, and it was like, you know, I don't know how it sold, should, but it's like yeah. ah, that game deserves like more love because that's a really really good game, um, and I would. I would love that to be ported to Switch. And then, like, dude, you want to put, like, the Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time, like, remasters on Switch? Like, God, almost any of the 3DS Pokemon games. And speaking of Pokemon, we might get a new trailer for the Diamond Pearl remakes that are coming out this year. Oh, and the Legends. Yeah. 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 That would be dope. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see that. Um, No More Heroes 3 is around the corner. We'll see more of that. Yeah. 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 I'm excited for that. Big same. Probably oh, yeah. see a few indie games. Then uh, Axiom Verge 2 get revealed mm-hmm. at uh, Nintendo Direct. Yep. So maybe they'll show some more Axiom Verge 2. It's like, haha, no Hollow Knight Silk Song, but here's another Metroidvania to really twist Jordan, that knife don't, into Jordan's don't, back. Don't, no, don't do this to yourself, <laughs> They already said that they're skipping E3. Team Cherry said Oh, so shit, like, really? I'm not getting my hopes up. If, <laughs> if they hadn't said it, then I would be so stoked for this. I'm like, yo only games yeah, yeah. nintendo direct hollow knight silk song is only coming out for pc and switch games this coming out in time. 2021 this is it mm-hmm. this is the time but no they they really? dashed they, my hopes before tra- they could even get there they already said they said they said they're not uh, the person who leads their marketing team so he's not actually a part of team cherry he's a contractor who works know. for them he posted like in the team cherry discord slack like hey everyone we're skipping e3 which Oh man. Which made me like somewhat hopeful. I'm like, yo, maybe like GameSpot got them for play for all like, <laughs> for Summerfest. But like that's not technically E3. <laughs> <laughs> is E3 even anymore. Oh, like, all right. Sure. Oh, damn. <sighs> you hate to see it. Yeah. You hate to you see do. it. Well, one. moving on to one final quick thing. I threw this in here because I figured um the people in, in this podcast would find this interesting. Uh there is reports of a new school rpg to be revealed on june 10th uh titled uh monarch developed by former shin megami tensei staff which yeah uh, like og 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 so um i'm talking like people who worked on the original smt one and two uh, along with like the uh, digital devil uh story game so like not not your like modern day poppy persona like that that dark shit um there's school isn't happy (laughs) is this is this a new school rpg or is this a new school rpg Mm, that's a good question questions you know what i'm saying 4k no less dose uh yeah i should i'm with it uh (laughs) but damn yeah this is like so ogs ogs so um yeah i there i don't i want i don't know what how they would uh you know, I'm I'm down. Yeah, I just like there's literally no information. No, there's literally nothing about this uh, <laughs> other than like happening. <laughs> a logo and the fact that uh, some old SMT uh, developers are on this. Um, but yeah, that's that's cool. I'll, I want I'm down for some dark shit. I want, what if it's like a uh, Madoka Magica RPG? I think that'd be great. Oh shit! I mean, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah. I I think just uh, that. 
that genre that like specific type of of jrpg has like um still a lot of untapped potential you know and i'd like to i'd like to see uh people outside of atlas i mean they're from atlas i guess but like you know take a crack at it and like bring their bring their own unique spin to it uh so like i'm, I'm definitely going to keep my eye on what yeah, it's all apparently about. there's going to be more information on june 10th mm-hmm. uh so yeah what streams are on june 10th is that ign Summerfest? uh shit that I might think be so. oh god um so I guess either I guess they could just do their own thing, but I figured that they were going to be attached to June 10th is a uh, Summer Games Fest. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's that's uh that's Keeley's thing, right? Okay, so yeah, yeah, it's not IGN's Expo thing. I think there's a so, the yeah. day after. So it'll probably be Jeff's, I assume, unless they're our, doing their our, own our thing. guy Jeff. Yep, Mister Mister E three himself, Mister Exclusive. Dude, he's E four. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, all right, then. I think we're going to move on to some listener questions. All right. If you want to send us a listener question, you can hit us up at afterdarkpodcast at redventures.com, or you can join our lovely GameSpot Discord. You can hit up me, Tam, Lucy, uh, uh, Ben, you could hit a Ben. I'm, I'm volunteering Ben yeah, if you want sure. to hit him up. And, and, Talk uh, to me. Uh, you want to hear about Final Fantasy XIV or give me a question? I'm in. <laughs> uh, we, we can hook you up with an invite to that Discord. It's a lovely place with a lot of uh, very lovely people who just love to chill and chat about video games. Um, all right. Uh, Michael, would you like to read this first question? Uh, yeah. Let me read this first question from Jigs Vitor. Uh, giving that we are uh, in E3 season, what is a game that you really hope to hear about that probably nobody else is even thinking or talking about? Uh, thank you for this question, Jigs. And uh, I'm going to say Babylon's Fall. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that game. <laughs> I, no, like, like, like the question asks, uh, <laughs> probably nobody else is even thinking or talking about. <laughs> Oh shit, that's a good one. Um, that is the Platinum Games joint led by Atsushi Inaba, and it was revealed at E3 2018. And during our E3 2019 predictions video, I was like, you know what? We're going to see this game at the Square Enix press conference, and you ain't seen shit about it since. And I have some, uh, some suspicions on what Babylon's Fall could be. But that is a Platinum Games joint, and I hope it does not meet the fate as Scalebound, because you would hate to see that. Um, but yeah, I think that that that's. I don't. I don't think what what's been shown so far was all that impressive, though. Uh, it's like, yo, here's some medieval shit with swords and sword guy fighting big monster, wild Platinum style combat. Like, cool. But what's 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 this one bringing to the table? Um, like, how is this going to be the st- a standout platinum game uh, beyond like dope combat? Uh, so, I have some speculations on what it could be, and if it's if it happens, I'm going to fucking lose my shit. I, and that's all I'm going to say okay, about that. All right, I like that little teaser. Uh, Jordan, what about you? I would. I have no idea whose conference they would be a part of. Maybe Xbox with Esther, but I don't know. I, I really want to hear 
from uh, Red Barrel about what's going on with the Outlast Trials, their uh, co-op take on the Outlast games. I love Outlast. I love Outlast mm-hmm. Whistleblower. Not a huge fan of Outlast 2. Didn't do it as much for me as the first mm-hmm. two. But I'm like really intrigued to see what they can do with their like whole, you can't see in the dark, you have to collect batteries, but in like a very co-op setting where you have to work together like is it truly co-op where everyone's kind of working together to escape the monsters is it kind of like a dead by daylight situation where it's like a pvp uh do you can can you kind of like screw over your teammates where really all you have to do is you have to escape and so you're just using your teammates to like get ahead and then you can sacrifice them to the monster in order to give you some precious seconds to get away we have like no idea what <laughs> This game is what it's going to look like, except for like the few screenshots and teaser trailer that they've given us. Um, I don't know. And I, I just want, I want another good survival horror game to play. I suppose I could just actually play the Resident Evil Village that's sitting in my Xbox right now. I what hear that's doing? a pretty good survival it's pretty horror good. game. It's pretty, all right. pretty but... damn good. <laughs> <laughs> what about another one? What about another one after Resident Evil? Well, yeah, maybe maybe Outlast. I didn't even know they were making that. I had, I had no idea. That is the first I have heard of that. So I guess that definitely fits the criteria. <laughs> hey, I passed the test. Uh, ben, what about you? Uh, so I've been putting a lot of thought into this. Uh, and I'm very serious when I say that I think it's finally time. This is the E3. We're going to see a crazy taxi four. Uh, all right i want wow a, a new right. crazy what taxi a deep cut. uh it's been too long since we've had a real one that mobile one doesn't count get that shit out of here <laughs> uh i want kiryu as a playable character after his time in yakuza 5 driving taxis he's more than qualified oh, shit, yeah yeah uh, and i want the offspring to get like i don't know commissioned to make new songs just for crazy taxi wow uh could you, you imagine know, if they just made a crazy taxi like game that was just set in the yakuza universe similar to like judgment where it's like oh it's this universe but it's a completely different have like, you played yakuza, yakuza 5, 5. <laughs> <laughs> you know the not... answer is no you know that i haven't played it. <laughs> you motherfucker uh, but yeah i want i i i seriously would like to see a new crazy taxi game or a sequel to pluck the platformer on super nintendo fuck is plock uh that was a special one that peter really likes uh, i mean peter would talk about it all the time he definitely doesn't oh, hate it yeah yeah <laughs> i remember i remember y'all talking about yeah. plock uh and now that's that well, 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 like sega's thing. sega's been sega's been doing some wild shit like oh, yeah yeah virtual fighter and then fucking sonic uh, a man in a sonic suit running at the olympics like what, what? the fuck Nothing is going on at sega them. <laughs> They're like, we want to be relevant again. It's all that Yakuza money now. They can put Sonic in the Olympics. That's true. Yeah. Oh shit, yo, Lost Judgment. Yeah, yo, yeah. I yeah. want to see some. More, I want to see some more Lost Judgment at E3. Let's fucking go, baby. There you go. No one's talking about it either. They should be. It's a goddamn shame. Except for the, all the people on my timeline. Yeah, I was gonna say like. Only, only, I've, say, I've curated a timeline that exclusively yeah, talks about say, yeah. Lost Judgment. Exactly. Uh, I was going to say Lost Judgment. I was going to say Yakuza Ishin. Uh, Kiwami. Um, I was gonna say Dead Souls Kiwami, the best Souls game. Uh, that that might be one no one's talking about. Yeah, uh, <laughs> people who don't know. But yeah, it's give me give me more Sega stuff. 
Just give me more Sega. Yeah. This little said Yakuza Dead Souls the best soul. I know. I could just hear Tam like twitching. It's like <laughs> it's not a lie. I mean, it's got Akiyama. Uh, over in under. It. Speaking of Tam, over under on seeing Elden Ring. Under. Not God. gonna happen. I don't know. It, it, like with Xbox being like this is an Xbox Bethesda joint. This might be like the E3 where Microsoft is like we're gonna go hella hard. Here's Fable. Here's avowed. Mm. Here's like a something more than the title scene of Starfield. Scalebound's gonna like, show up. It's gonna get wild. <laughs> Yo, Babylon's Fall is secretly Scalebound. Oh, there you go. That that's that's Damn. that was what I was gonna say, but I guess I'll just say it right now. Oh shit! Like this just might be the E3 where Xbox is like, look, we don't have like all the exclusives coming out this year the same way that PlayStation does. But like 2022 is gonna hit and we're gonna go hard. Like here's all the shit yeah. we got in 2022 and 2023. Well, Tam will get Elden Ring when Jordan gets a uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song. I'm gonna get it first. <laughs> Damn. Like, there's no, there's no fucking way it takes that long. <laughs> Damn. All right. Shit. Uh, my quick one will be. Uh, I I want I want to see more Sons of the Forest. Uh, the uh, forest is one of oh, my yeah. my I favorite oh, like survival yeah, okay. horror open world crafting games. Like, dude, that genre. Like, I bounce off that genre so quick. Like, it takes a lot to get me into that. But like, I the forest is maybe one of the the best experiences I've had with those kinds of games because it actually has like a uh, like a mystery and a narrative and you're actually like working towards a goal and it has a, like a proper ending. Uh, I love that shit and uh, they've they've shown a uh, like two two trailers for the Sons of the Forest and it looks amazing and uh, I just want to see more of that. Uh, so that is like mine. I can't remember which best of conversation it was. But I remember you, Jake, and I want to say Matt Padgett yeah, like yeah. going really hard mm-hmm. on talking about the forest at one of our best of conversations and me being like wow i've like never touched this game before in my life what are they talking uh, about it it really goes places uh (laughs) only crafting game you can put teeth on an axe too Mm -hmm. wow for for whatever that means for you (laughs) wow uh okay and then uh jordan would you like to read our final question Sure. This one is coming from Jeremy. Keeping with the E3 theme, what's the crew's favorite E3 press conference memory slash moments? I'll never forget the craziness from Sony's 2015 showing, which officially announced The Last Guardian, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and Shenmue 3, all of which were considered to be decade-long dead projects at the time. Uh, well, that's a pretty that's a good one. one. That's a good one. That's, that's a like the one. one you think of, <laughs> I feel like, when you think of like crazy E3 shit. Um... Ah oh, man, I I uh I loved that it was like 2013 E3 the the one where like Sony when the new consoles were coming out the Xbox One yeah, was coming was out and the PS5 or the PS4 and like uh Sony just like absolutely destroyed Xbox like they had like that terrible mm-hmm. terrible press conference where they were like talking about like watching movies and like the connect and like everyone was like so bored and uninterested and then sony was like here's the price and you don't have to worry like here you want to trade a game just give it to your friend like fuck you microsoft like they were just going like hard on that shit and i was like yeah. what Adam the boys and show, show <laughs> yeah. Yoshida, like, I was like oh my god what the fuck is happening like this is crazy so like that was just some like that was wild. There, there was some wild energy going on in, in in that one that I remember being like, God, God damn. I also think they announced uh, Kingdom Hearts three during that press conference. Maybe I remember that press conference being like insane. So that's the one that always comes to comes to mind for me. Mm-hmm. 
was like, I'm kind of of two minds for this question because it's like it's one of those things where it's like I've enjoyed E3s as a fan and I've enjoyed E3s working them as oh, like sure, yeah. a journalist behind the scenes. So like that 2013, like I wasn't uh, a journalist yet. Like I had just finished college and I was like, how the hell am I going to pay off this momentous debt that I have? Uh, <laughs> and so I, I remember the 2013 E3 primarily because of like everything that you mentioned, John Luke. And that was also like the first E3 that I had ever just watched all the press conferences live, like mm. in a row when they were happening. Like I was just at a friend's house and like the two of us like just kept ordering wings and pizza and just like, oh, let's just watch E3. We usually just cherry pick the trailers that we want to see. Let's actually watch them through all the way. So that was like my first experience of like, seeing e3 and man that titanfall reveal trailer was like oh cool even though the ps4 is clearly the better <laughs> system in every conceivable way i'm getting an xbox one because titanfall looks dope and that's why i was an xbox boy for that console generation but then like from this side of the table as a journalist uh e3 2019 was like just like, the entire thing for me was really dope. Because E3 2018 was my first E3, but I had also, like, only been working at GameSpot for, like, for like five a week. days at that point. <laughs> yeah, so I remember that. It's like, I had I had not said anything to Ben or John Luke yet, and I think I'd said, like, two sentences to Michael, mm -hmm. like, before yep. that E3 yeah. happened. Like, I knew, like, no one, and so, like, I was mostly just like, oh, I'm just kind of here to work. E3 2019 was like, oh, this is, like, my first e3 e3 where it's like oh i'm actually like enjoying it and talking to people and i have friends here now and this is dope and awesome uh so yeah i'm kind of cheating and doing like two e3 moments yeah <laughs> michael what about you i don't know um e3 is cool like i like watching press conferences and i think they've all been consistently like eh, that, that that's yeah. what's up like i don't i don't get like super hyped up about press conferences i'm like i more i more see like news and i'm just like oh shit yo that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what's up or uh yeah yeah i, I don't know if uh, e3 press conference has blown me away um i tend to over the past say 2017 18 19 i mean i wouldn't really have anyone last year but i always associate e3 press conferences like oh shit i need to be able to write articles fast and i hope my internet doesn't crap out and when I think of E3 press conferences, I get like this this low key uh, nervousness, like oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, like what what are we doing? What am I doing? Um, I like I think that overall, I think just my favorite memories of E3 press conferences is doing the pre and post shows. Yeah, I enjoy those very much. I enjoy those very much. That is, uh, I remember, uh, I think it was 2019 when it was like me, Callie, Tam, and Mike were on like I think most of the press conferences, or whatever. And mm -hmm. just like, yeah, yeah. Doing yeah. that is like those are those are memories. Those though, yo, those are my favorite. That's I my remember favorite that shit. because y'all called me out after the Xbox conference. Like, yo, when PS2 was announced, Jordan fucking cried. Like, no. yo, I, I, yeah, <laughs> and that's that's when I well, that's when I made the declaration that Xbox is anime because they showed Tales of oh they announced I think they announced Tales of Arise yeah. and also uh, Fantasy Star Online Two was also revealed to be coming westward. And I was like, yo, they're they are serious about uh, about weebs. And I was like, yo, chill. Gordon's eating good, fam. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I like doing it. I think that maybe if I had to pick up one press conference, maybe uh, 
Square Enix 2019 because Shadowbringers was yeah. showing. <laughs> like the full Shadowbringers trailer. And I was like, yeah, y'all motherfuckers better be paying attention. Uh. That's that's it. What about you, Ben? Uh, I'm going to kind of half cheat and also do like two because the, the, I kind of think of it as like before I, I kind of like did stuff and now that I'm in it. But uh, right. I think the whenever I think about E3 moments, besides like the Mr. Caffeines and all that that stick out, because of course they do, the the one moment that kind of stuck out for me a lot was that uh, Uncharted 4 demo where like something went wrong with it and oh. it just kind of sat there for like 30 seconds and they, like, the, the demo broke. But I, I love it not just because it, it kind of showed that like they're actually showing the game. But and, and things can go wrong and it's 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 normal and it's natural or whatever. But like uh, the fact that it turned into a trophy in the game later on was really neat where you actually have oh, to like right. like to 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 honor that silly E3 moment. They actually put a trophy in the game for sitting in that spot for 30 seconds. And I thought that was neat, <laughs> like to kind of like own that weird, embarrassing moment. Uh, but uh, I think like overall moments, though, it was when. We were, I, I don't remember the year because I'm bad with time, but it was when they were announcing Smash Bros. Ultimate having all the fighters in it. Um, because our our group had flown into L.A. late. Like, we flew in yes. that day. And uh, we were like, the Nintendo's conference is already going. We need to get inside of the, the convention center, like, now. Things are already happening. Was that 2018? It may have been. That was 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I remember that. But yeah. there was this this mix up where I like all of us didn't have our badges yet, and I was like, I can't sit out here and wait for my badge to come to me. And I <laughs> snuck all the way through the convention center up to our, uh, our like our war room, without a badge somehow. Oh shit! I didn't know that. What the fuck? PSA: Do not try to sneak <laughs> do into an don't E3 do when don't, don't, like don't. they become events again, or packs, yes. or GDC, any of uh, them. Like don't, it's, it's don't not do good. Don't do what I do. It's not good. <laughs> uh, but I literally made it to the war room, put my hand on the the like doorknob, and started to turn it before like a security guard was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And I'm like, I'm so close. I could literally hear like the Smash Brothers music going. I need to sit down in like their trailers that have happened, please. He's like, oh, they let me like sit there and wait at least like at the door for my, my badge to get to me. But uh, sneaking in, sitting down and then walking into the war room as like snake dropped down and it said everyone is here. Like, oh, shit. So I could I could Perfect actually timing. see the moment. That that, that was a pretty good E3 for Nintendo oh. 2018. That was a really good E3. Film, <laughs> that was yeah. really good. I like that a lot. Yeah, I remember the energy in that room was just like electric. Like I think like Gash was just like absolutely yeah losing his shit and like every oh it was so good. Like everyone was just so. I love moments like that. Like I yeah I think my my favorite moments is not just like. Oh yeah, something something like hype is happening. It's like everyone in the room is just like feeding uh, off that energy and like. Wait, we're so stupid. The best like E three moment was when we were watching Xbox's conference in the office, and then for uh, Fallout seventy six. 
No, for Cyberpunk oh. 2077. Oh, Keanu and Reeves. Reeves walks out oh. and the entire office just explodes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, yeah, that was really cool. The Fallout 76 one was, was good for me too when we all started singing uh, the... Oh, country roads, country roads, uh, crunch, crunch roads. Uh, yeah, crunchy in, roll. In, our, in the office, like as it was happening, that was neat. And uh, when they they announced Joker for for Smash, that was game. Yeah, awards, it was game bro. awards. I'm just talking about dumb, oh. dumb, oh, dumb moments, moments in, in the, the office. office. Okay, yeah. all right. Now let's talk about the most <laughs> yeah, hype office moments. Is that was in the most yeah. hype office moments when they were doing that final Fantasy 14 yeah. thing during the game awards thing, and then they end with the games games. It wasn't even from, an like, announcement. It was just playing a trailer. It's yeah. like, here's all these quotes, here's all these quotes, here's all these quotes, by the and then, way. Super. Yeah, when the warrior of Game darkness spot. like brings night back to back to the first, it's like, boom, superb. And I was like, yeah, yeah yo, let's fucking go. It's like, yo, it's a fucking advertisement. Relax. I, uh, I, no. I forget if it was the Joker one or if it was a different one, but there was a Smash announcement where we all yelled, in the office so loud that you can hear us in one of the giant bomb like mail opening <laughs> videos like in the background like they, like they were like opening their oh, mail yeah and you can like hear i think like i think it was me and ben I think it was the, yelling yeah I, re I remember that i think because uh it was i think it was when um uh was it splatoon inkling was revealed or some shit i don't know maybe? or maybe it was just like the reveal There's no way reveal. you guys would have screamed for I, no. I feel like it i mean, might have I, been no, I love splatoon i think it was joker it was something really really high jo no. joker was well because I, I remember you can you can because they were doing game of the year uh while the game awards okay then no on. it was and something then, so no you're right then it was something else uh, oh, i don't remember why but it was definitely something smash related was it banjos yeah, I, uh it, it was it was it was the reveal I think with uh, with Inkling and had the uh, the uh, logo in her eye maybe and I remember that yeah okay. well, I don't know when that was or like what the what that exactly was. I can't remember but I do remember that there was like because uh, I remember I think Jeff was just like oh I think they're they're getting hype over there over the game spot <laughs> side of the office <laughs> oh it's Smash Bros all right uh, damn I miss that shit uh, I miss the office yeah big same all right not the commute though. Not the commute, no. Facts, yeah. I'm just saving hella money. Not, not taking the, the, <laughs> the muni every, every day. I say I haven't because I've been using that money to like buy mad fast food instead. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> all right, well, I think that is gonna call this an episode. Thank you all for joining me, guys. It's been a of really course. Good one. It's been dope. Good time. It's good to to still get to chat everyone to breathe for a minute before the e3 madness takes us all uh, for real though yeah. so uh yeah why don't uh michael where can the fine folks find you and what are you working on uh you can find me and all of my bullshit at michael p Heim on twitter and uh at gamespot.com uh i think um gonna have some uh what do i have lined up i, I think I, I got some uh I think some Final Fantasy 14 shit as always. Uh, my uh, Neo: The World Ends with You preview should be up. Uh, to all, well, it'll be up by the time this episode goes up, so you can check that out. Um, and uh, play. Well, I think you'll you'll plug play for all, Jean Luc. Mm -hmm. But uh, I am going to be involved in hella play for all stuff. Uh, who knows when that's going to start rolling out? But we are starting the production. Mm -hmm on a lot or some of the stuff for play for all which i am involved with as well as uh jordan Jean mm -hmm. and ben Jenka as well and um pay attention to the official e3 coverage that's all hey, i'm gonna say yeah. <laughs> hey because i don't know if i can say that i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna be on it oh, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> Did you just 
you know what? We're a, we're an hour and a half into a podcast. If you made it this far, you deserve to know. Your boy Michael is gonna be there. It's a, yeah, yeah. One Live of the on people the who like uh, takes care of E three like is a huge After Dark fan. It's like. <laughs> Oh, you, you, like, m- motherfucker! You thought you thought you were saying. <laughs> well, I mean, the word is already like uh, ESA has already said that um, it's going to be like Greg Miller, Golden Boy, Jackie Jing re- uh, leading the charge for that, and then with uh, four media folks from Gamespot, IGN, uh, Games Radar, and I think uh, PC Gamer, and I am going to be the one representing Gamespot at the official E3 coverage. You know what I'm saying? You know the fucking vibes. Wouldn't ask for anyone better. Uh, Hell yeah! Just only talk about Final Fantasy fourteen every chance you get. That's it. Oh, that's Square Enix. Oh, and Square Enix pulls up. Like, oh, everyone shut the fuck. Everyone shut the fuck. Everyone shut the fuck. It's just the GameSpot stream with Michael like talking. It's like, and I'm hearing that we're gonna go over to an interview with Jordan, who's gonna be talking about Death Loop, but we're not gonna do that. We're gonna talk about Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen. Everyone, everyone, cut, everyone cut, cut, cut to the E three coverage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Jordan, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at J.M. Ramey. That's R-A-M-E-E. I'm kind of in the same boat as Michael. Not doing E3 stuff, but I have some play for all things uh, mm-hmm. coming up. Uh, can't really talk about any of it, but you'll you'll see my face and my words and my name on bylines for things that are happening in the next few weeks. Heck yeah. Ben, what about you? Uh, you can find me on twitter.com at benjanka. I apologize in advance. Uh, if you want to know what I'm doing, look at every video that goes up between now and when this is over <laughs> and pray for me. We appreciate you so much, Ben. Ben is, ben is the backbone of a GameSpot video would not exist without Ben Janka. He, he's, he holds everything, everything together, uh, you, just, you are you are appreciated you, so much, Ben. You guys do all the hard all work. The hard I just work I just throw it out there and let people see it. Hey, that's hard work too, man. It's that, like it, if you asked me to do it, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah, <laughs> dang. So, I get overwhelmed when I have like th- more than ten emails uh, sent to me, <laughs> and uh, I don't know what to do about that. So uh, I don't even know how I would handle that many videos coming at me at once. I would just collapse in fetal position so. sometimes it happens but you know <laughs> when's Ben we'll coming take, take it in stride it's okay yeah uh uh-uh. uh yeah cool and uh yeah you can find me at John Luke Seipke, as Michael mentioned play for all E3 it is happening we got a lot of exciting things uh at the uh the day of release of this podcast uh we have a uh kickoff live stream uh that's gonna be happening at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, it's going to have uh, Lucy, Tam, Michael, and I think Jordan, you as well. Yep, yep that yep. is right. Uh, and you guys are going to be just sort of chatting about uh, all our plans, kind of what sort of coverage uh, you could be expecting I'd out say It's of probably us. going on at the exact same time this podcast is like going yeah, up. This so uh, go up stop the podcast right yes. here and uh, yeah. <laughs> go over to that live, <laughs> that live stream. Check it out. Um, or if you missed it, it'll be it'll be recorded as a VOD so you can go, you know, hear about all our fantastic coverage. And yeah, otherwise, I am just knee deep in uh, spreadsheets and 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 emails. I am doing way more of like the managerial like production side of uh e3 and play for all this year uh 
which is uh, it's a cool change of pace, but oh man, whew, it is it is exhausting. Yeah. It is a <laughs> lot. So you're not gonna really see me on anything, but um, yeah, uh, if there's a video out, I've surely had my hands in it in some fashion. So yeah, that should be exciting. There's a lot of cool stuff uh, we already got lined up that I'm I'm definitely excited for. So uh, yeah, make sure to stay tuned to Gamespot for all that hot coverage coming up. Uh, and with that, that is an episode. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Bye. Bye.